Last week, the Hilltop Blog Podcast sat down to talk to Athlon sports contributor and college football insider Stephen Lassen about the Tar Heels this upcoming season. Yeah, I just want to thank you, first of all, for, for coming and uh, talking to us on the podcast here. I mean, you guys really, you got something great going on there at Athlon Sports. I think a lot of people, you know, we, we know, you know, about, uh, uh, you know, Phil Steele, but I, I think when it comes to, you know, college football preview magazines you guys are just on a different level you know you, you it's got it's got to be a re- year-round thing for you guys and also doing the podcast that you guys do so you know really just talk about first of all why college football is important to you and, and why you feel that it's important to get that information out to the fans sure yeah I mean I, I appreciate you you having me on to, to talk it's always great to talk a little ACC football and the upcoming season um you know, I think for us, our our preseason magazine is, is probably the the, the mo- our most favorite thing to do. Um, you know, it's it's what Athlon was founded upon. It started out as an SEC magazine, and it's transitioned to doing magazines for all five Power Five conferences, um, plus a national edition as well, which has a preview for all 130 teams. So, you know, we've always been ingrained in the preseason magazine, and, and our thought is. You know, we try to give fans as much information as possible in the preseason magazine, whether that is the features, our kind of list at the front of the magazine, and the, you know, our predictions and previews for the start of the season. Um, you know, and that translates to online, too. We do a lot of things online that piggyback the magazine, help promote the magazine, and just some supplemental stuff. You know, our, our coach rankings and our 130 quarterback rankings, we can expand on it uh, online compared to what we can do in the magazine. But, you know, I started at Athlon um, about 13 years ago, and, you know, I think the, the, the most enjoyment I get out of this is putting together the magazine every year. It starts, believe it or not, it actually starts in November at the end of the season. So once we know teams are not going to be in bowl games, we go ahead and start working on statistics and some of the other background information that um, that go in the magazine, sort of the R&D portion uh, of the magazine. And then once we get past uh, the NFL draft deadline, that's when we start to pick out our cover subjects and we start working on some of the other pieces that go along with our covers and things like that. Once you get past signing day and into spring practice is really when we start to ramp up. Um, we start to look at, you know, predictions and we start to have staff meetings and we, you know, we debate our conference predictions, national predictions and all that. So, you know, I think, like I said, it's my favorite thing to do. I think, you know, from a, you know, prediction and analysis standpoint, I really enjoy the fact that we put together an in-depth magazine with all 130 teams, the conference magazines too. Uh, I think it's the perfect companion to get ready for the season. I was a fan of Athlon before I started working there. So it's really just the perfect marriage of information and insight and uh, I think in-depth analysis to uh, to get you ready for the season, whether it's the magazine or the website. Uh, I mean, I can't speak for everyone that listens to this podcast, but I know personally that's probably my favorite out there because I think it gives you just enough information. But, you know, sometimes when when you look at some of these other guides out there, it can 
be a little overwhelming. I think Athlon does such a great job of just balancing that guy, that that out. So, you know, I love what, what you guys are doing over there. You know, focusing a little and starting to look at the Tar Heels here, you know, we come off a season where we were three and nine. I think this team was probably better than that three and nine record is gonna speak to, but all of the injuries that took place, having to play inexperienced players probably snowballed a little bit. What do you think right now is the direction of this program as we sit here today? You know, I think it's an important season for Larry Fedora and North Carolina. You look around the Coastal, um, Miami hired Mark Rick. That looks like a home run hire. Virginia Tech really nailed the Justin Fuente hire. So I think for North Carolina, the fact that they've gone from 11 wins to 8 wins to 3 wins, you know, I think it's important for this program to show things are, are going back in the right direction. And, and I agree with you. You know, I, I think this team was better than its record indicated last season. You know, I think you just you look up and down the depth chart from the preseason and look to, to November and see how many injuries this team had, whether it was you know, on the offensive line, at receiver, uh, or on defense, too. You know, I think there is a good foundation in place. You know, I, I think you can look at North Carolina and see the bad luck with injuries, but the turnover margin. They played some close games, you know, I mean, four losses by 10 points or less. A few bounces go the other way for North Carolina. You know, we're talking that this team may have been 5-7 and seven in you know, a, a rebuilding year where they lost Mitchell Trubisky and was going through a quarterback cycle there. So I, I, I think this team was better than 3-9 suggested last year, but it is a big season. And you start to look at some of these pieces, you know, I think there's a lot to like about North Carolina. You know, I, I like Anthony Ratliff-Williams, uh, just so explosive with the ball in his hand. Good, good core of running backs, and I think defensively, you know, I like Malik Carney too. It's easy to to lose him in the the depth of the ACC defensive lineman, but you know, I think he's a nice player. Cole Holcomb is back at linebacker too, so you know, I, I think there's enough of a foundation where North Carolina can take a step forward. I think one thing that gives me a little bit of pause is their schedule. The fact that they play some swing games on the road, California, uh, not to mention Syracuse, Virginia, you know, Duke, too. I mean, some swing games on the road, it's going to be tough, but I, I think this team will be better next season. Yeah, I mean, you talked about it, and really, I think it starts at quarterback. They've got to find someone that can kind of take over that that role. Maybe not to the extent that Mitch Trubisky was playing at it, but you know, I, I looked in the preview that you guys had. You guys have Chad Surratt starting. Is there any specific reason why you think he's going to start over Nathan Elliott? And how important do you think it is that they settle on a guy early in the year? I think it's critical that they settle on a quarterback. You know, I think when you start to look at this team and you look at those defensive stats from last season, and if North Carolina gives up, you know, 30 points a game again, they're going to need their offense to carry this team. And I think just having that stability under center is huge. I think that, you know, when you watch this team at the end of the last season and you look at what Chad Surratt did in the first half, you know, I think both quarterbacks have showed they are capable of leading this offense. So I think if you're North Carolina, you have to feel pretty good. You have two proven options and two guys you can probably win with uh, this season. I think in, in terms of why Surratt over Elliott, I, I just think it's, it's the upside factor. I, I think he has more overall talent. I think he's probably a little bit better fit for the offense. 
So I think that's why we went with him over Elliott. And, you know, I think if you're Larry Fedora, you'd like to see one guy kind of seize that position and take hold as the clear number one quarterback for, you know, an offense that, you know, still averaged, you know, 26 points a game last season and should be even better this year uh, with some of the skill talent that's in place. You know, from a national standpoint, I feel like one of the biggest question marks on the team has to be the offensive line. You know, for us guys that are a little more in tune to the team, it seems like there are some pieces there. But, you you know, taking it back to the national standpoint, why are you guys so concerned about that offensive line? And how do you think they are able to solve that if they are? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think from a personnel standpoint, I think North Carolina has to feel pretty good about its tackle. I think Charlie Heck and William Sweet, I think you, you have to feel pretty good about your bookends on, on each side. I think the question marks just come in the middle. You know, there, there's some tra- there's clearly transition there. Those guys were, were pretty good recruits coming out of high school. So I, I think there is some reasons to be optimistic. You know, if you had to pick, you would rather have, uh, you know, good tackles in place to protect your quarterback. And I, I always think you can your interior of your line is a little bit easier to reload. So I think it's it just the inexperience, you know, relative to, to what North Carolina has the tackle position, the turnover there on the interior, just the uncertainty going into the season. I, I will say one thing that's interesting about the ACC and its offensive line, you know, I think there's some pretty good offensive lines in this league, you know, Boston College, uh, Clemson, NC State, um, you know, even teams like Louisville could take a step forward this season. Um, you know, I, I think in, in terms of where this line ranks in the conference, you know, I, I would probably rate it closer to, you know, the back half of the league, 7 to, to 10, somewhere in there. But, you know, certainly there is potential, and I think it all depends on how fast and, and, and how easy that transition is to the next wave of starters on the interior. I looked at the the rankings, and you guys do the position rankings, which is something that I really like that you guys do for conference by conference. And, and something that I saw in, in uh, specific for the defense, uh, no unit ranked higher than ninth in the ACC, which to a point I do agree with. I think the linebacking core has a lot of question marks. The defensive line ranked at ninth. Um, was something that, you know, I kind of just said, well, look at the other defensive lines that we have in the conference. The one area that I thought we would be a little bit higher, and, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, criticizing you guys in any way. That's your opinion. You know, what do you think, why do you think that the defensive back unit is ranked as low as you guys have them? Yeah, great question. You know, I I can tell you, I I play a pretty big role in helping put those together every year and I think one thing that I've noticed a lot of times you know you get past five or six in a conference there's really not a ton of difference between six and 13 and six and 12 sometimes it's really about you know who do you like just a little bit more so you know I I think probably maybe a a better way to do this is is when you think about a a range of unit rankings for defensive backs you you probably would assign them a grade of, or a number, you know, like 65 or, or whatever it is. You know, there, there's, there's really not much separation. So I, I think, on the, you know, we have them rated number 12. You know, that, that might be a little low. I mean, with, with three starters coming back, you know, obviously losing Stewart is huge. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a lot to like about that secondary. I, I think you look at, you know, Doran and Sales and Britt, those guys coming back as, 
as returning starters, it, it wouldn't shock me to see that we have North Carolina too too low at that position. So I, I won't disagree with you. I, I think it's you know probably more of a product of everyone's really close, and uh, you know someone has to be seven, someone has to be twelve. I, I know that that's probably not the the most satisfying answer in the world. Ah, yeah. I mean, it's it's okay, man. I totally understand, and and I feel you on that. You know, once, especially in those Power Five conferences, you know, when you get to that that middle area of the conference, it it is so hard to kind of uh, differentiate between the units. One unit that you guys don't have ranked on there, but I'm interested to see what you think of it. You know, the Toriels have always had a strong special teams unit under Larry Fedora, and again, it feels like they're going to have a good unit this year. You know, you guys don't rank those units but if you had to just look at that unit and think you know where would they stack up where do you think this team would stack up in the ACC and maybe even nationally oh that's a great question you know I'm I'm glad you asked about that because we don't get a ton of questions about special teams and you know I think it, it is such an important part because it could steal you a game or two during the season um mm-hmm. you know I think the, the first thing that stands out about North Carolina's special teams is just how good Anthony Ratliff Williams is on return. Um, you know, he was you know one of our top return men for this season. He's one of our top you know thirty five receivers or so. So I think automatically North Carolina has one of the top playmakers on special teams in college football. You know, the, the kicking and, and punting. You know, I, I don't think Freeman Jones or, or Hunter Lent made our all conference team this season. In kind of an odd just twist. The ACC is especially deep at uh, punter this year. It, it's not as deep at kicker, but it's deep at punter. Um, so there was, we had eight or nine punters, I think, and, and maybe even more than that, that we were considering for all-conference honors. So, you know, where does it rank in the ACC? I, you know, I would probably put it in the top half just simply because if you have a difference maker on special teams and a guy that could score two or three times during the season – I think that's worth a couple points. I think that's just so valuable, especially especially for a program like North Carolina that enters the year with some question marks on both sides. If you've got a guy who can score on special teams, I think that's worth it a lot, especially in a, in a division where North Carolina could be just a little bit better and get to six and six. Yeah, so, you know, now, you know, we kind of previewed the positions groups and everything like that. You know, if you have to look at this team, what do you think is the ceiling for this team this year? A realistic ceiling that these fans can say, okay, that's where we can reach if we have, you know, we overachieve a little bit. Yeah, I think North Carolina, in a a reasonable, you know, kind of expectation, I I think six or seven wins would be a big step forward. And seems about right for me. I mean, you know, we talked about their schedule. I think the non-conference schedule is interesting because they have to go to California mm-hmm. and they have to play UCF. And those are going to be two swing games. If they can pick up both of those as victories, you know, all of a sudden you just need a couple wins in ACC play to get bowl eligible. And Virginia, Syracuse, Duke, um, I'll even throw NC State in there, Pittsburgh. You know, those are all winnable uh, conference games. So I, I think there is a path to 6-6 six and six or 7-5. I think you know, the personnel question marks are clear. You know, North Carolina needs a quarterback to emerge. It needs to be better on defense. But with all the youth and injuries and, and how many players were, were used last season, 
I think that works to their advantage. So I'll say if North Carolina goes from three wins to five wins and is more competitive in ACC play, I'll buy that as a good season. I think if they go from three to six or seven, that's a great season. So, I, I you know, kind of over-under, you know, to me, I think six wins is, is probably six or seven teams like the ceiling for this team. Um, you know, when you look at the Coastal, you know, Miami, Virginia Tech are, I think, a clear one and two. But after that, you know, we, we have Georgia Tech and Pittsburgh at three and four. You know, I, not totally sold on either team. You know, I have question marks about both. So, you know, I think, you know, fourth or fifth in the Coastal and getting to six or seven wins, you know, I think that sounds like a, a pretty reasonable feeling for this team as it looks to get back on track. Yeah, I mean, I would not argue with that at all. You know, the last thing that I wanted to ask you, you know, the magazine has us finishing at 4-8 and eight and 2-6 and six in conference. At, if that ends up panning out like that, do you think that it is time to move on from Larry Fedora and start to look for a new coach and try to take this program in a new direction? I'm glad you asked about that. You know, what's funny is, we so we do our, our rankings and we debate by just predictions. So we'll go one through seven and we'll debate as a staff and then we'll come back and we'll do our game by game predictions and we'll see if they line up. Well, North Carolina at four and eight was not our most popular pick. You know, I don't think any of us felt great about it. I think most of the staff felt North Carolina would be closer to five wins. So I, I think we're a little low on the win total. I think we might be a little low on where we have them nationally. So I, I think I, I, if I had to pick, I would guess North Carolina finishes with more than four wins. But that being said, you know, I, I think. I think it's too early to put Larry Fedora on the hot seat. I think it's fair to say that, you know, are things getting a little warm if North Carolina doesn't go to a bowl game? Sure. But I think maybe a little context of how the season plays out is important. I think is North Carolina more competitive in conference play? If they are with a bunch of juniors and sophomores that are playing, realistically, I think you look at 2019 as kind of the make-or-break season. So I think North Carolina being only two years removed from winning the Coastal, I think it's really hard for me to put Larry Fedora on the hot seat right now. If they go 3-9 to nine again, yeah, I think so. But I think this team will be better, and I think the temperature gauge just goes up a degree or two, and Larry Fedora is back for 2019. All right. Well, the guys, that is Stephen Lassen that has sat down to talk to us from Athlon Sports. Want to thank him for taking some time. Hey, uh, this this was great, man. I love getting these opinions out there. And, uh, you know, from a guy like you and from a group that does such a great job over at Athlon Sports, uh, I want to thank you guys personally. And, uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Hey, Anthony, I really appreciate that. Thanks for having me on, and uh, hopefully we can do it again. All right. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. You have a great week, okay? You too. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right. So, guys, Stephen Lassen of Athlon Sports stopping by to talk with us about what he sees from the Tar Heels this upcoming season. We're going to continue to try to get 
these opinions from these national guys on here if possible. But as we head closer and closer towards the season, closer and closer mostly towards fall camp opening, we will be starting to delve into some of the Carolina focus. So hopeful, hoping to have Pat James back on as we get a little bit closer, you know, giving him a little time off after he went through, you know, the uh, basketball team run. Then he had to cover the baseball team with their run through to Omaha in the College World Series. So we will definitely hope to have him back on sometime down the line. We'll have some more of these national guys down the line, um, you know, maybe coming back on and at near midseason to talk about that. One of the other big things that I'm looking into doing down the line is to have a, um, a sort of a fan-involved prediction episode where we will do it through a different website. We're going to do it through blogtalkradio.com. I'll set that up for you guys and give you a little more information, and I'm hoping that that's something that you guys will really get behind where you get to call up and tell me. We've heard all these national guys with their predictions. We'll hear some of the Tar Heel, more, the more Tar Heel-focused guys come on and tell us some of their predictions. But I really want to hear from you guys and what you think about this team coming up this season. And we'll do that here actually kind of soon is when I'm hoping to get that up. Uh, some big-time stuff coming on the blog. Got all of the position previews already finished right now. I'm going to try to wait a little bit, though, and find out some of the jersey numbers for the guys that will join in the fall. Also try to find out some of the walk-ons that we will be seeing coming in this year. Um, but I may end up rolling with that if I can't find those within the next couple of weeks. Try to roll those out a little bit earlier than I did last year when I did it in August and then we'll get ready for fall camp which will begin soon uh, we know for sure now that it was actually just announced a little while ago that Meet the Heels will be on August 4th so prepare for that guys they're going to do it inside the stadium this year they're going to do it in the blue zone so that is humongous that they're bringing that back inside the stadium it hasn't been there since I think it was, what, three or four years ago when they did it inside the Keenan Football Center. So uh, that's some exciting news. Guys, football season is right around the corner. As always, if you want to follow me, go on to Twitter, at Future Tar Heel. Uh, Facebook also has me, uh, Anthony Pagnata. You guys can follow there. Blog website is in my Twitter bio. Also, you could just go to medium.com, search Heel Tough Blog. You can find it there. Podcast is on Spreaker, Apple Podcast, Google Play, uh, TuneIn. Uh, we, we got it everywhere. We're trying to get it to as many spots as we possibly can to get it out to you guys. And, you know, I want to thank you guys for listening and for keeping, you know, the, the blog alive, keeping the podcast alive. And, you know, if you love it, just, you know, keep sending me, you know, the whatever you guys have that could be improvements. And, guys, I want to hear your opinions. Are you excited about possibly doing this podcast where we talk uh, about your predictions where you guys come in and sit down and tell me what you think is going to happen. If you guys are excited, let me know at Future Tar Heel on Twitter. So guys, that's going to be it for today's episode. One more time, I want to thank Stephen Lassen from Athlon Sports for stopping by. But for now, we get ready to say goodbye from the Heel Tough Plug podcast. And as always, go Tar Heels! <laughs>